17 of the Woke-ish Podcast. This is Ebony. And this is Alma. And this week we will be discussing motherhood. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yes, we'll be discussing motherhood. Um, and we also wanted to give a little um, disclaimer that we have reverted back to our um, old ways of recording from season one. You know, we had a we got into a studio for yeah. season two. And I accidentally reserved it for the wrong day, so now we're back in um, our office where you can hear all this, like, background noise from AC. So hopefully you can still hear us clearly enough that it doesn't bother you too much. Um, And we actually also are going to be taking a break for a couple weeks because I'll be traveling. I um, might post a picture in the page, so look out for those. Oh, good, good, good. That way they can see what you're doing. Yeah, and then... um, so it'll be like a you know like a three week summer break yeah. um, from the from the show. So go back and get caught up on episodes that you haven't already. Listened yeah, to. yeah. Season um, one, two. Yeah. Tell a friend. We'll still be active on our Instagram page. Yeah. So yeah, continue. Um, you know, being active on there, commenting and such. Uh, but yeah, so now we'll jump into our shout out segment. Yeah, so our first shout out is for Hassan, and I, I remember him telling Ellen how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to do it terribly. Hassan Min You know, I know because of Minaj, but Min Minaj. I know that's wrong because he corrected Ellen, but he's a comedian, um, and he won the Peabody Award for his Netflix special, Homecoming King. So the Peabody is just kind of like a really prestigious award that they give out for people who do. Uh, different types of like journalism and uh, audiovisual projects. And so his Netflix stand-up comedy special was uh, described as a personal memoir of him and chronicles his immigrant experiences as an Indian American. He jokes about the crazy things his parents did as well as more serious encounters with racism. So I haven't seen it yet, but I think he's really funny. And I know he has like another show called like the Patriot Act or something where he breaks down different um, current events, but that are like more relevant to him as an Indian American. So congratulations to him. It's always really great when someone who is do, who's like pop culture-y does things that re- more serious that are recognized. So yeah. that's not like a, a, that's not like a regular thing, right? To get no Peabody, no, no, that's, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's cool. yeah. So. You know, shout out to him. Mm-hmm. And then our second shout out is, so I'm currently watching the newest season of Project Runway. Mm-hmm. And I've watched a lot of the seasons. And this season, they have their first transgender model. So they have models that are used to wear the clothes that the designers make. Mm-hmm. Project Runway is a reality TV show where designers are competing to win like $250,000 to start their own like uh, company. And so the show has over the years try to be more inclusive by incorporating plus size women, also more diverse models, women of color. But this year they did their first transgender model. And so she was talking about how she was really excited about breaking barriers and hoping that other people can see her as an example. So shout out to Project Runway. That concludes our shout out section. Now for our in the know. Oh 
Yes. Oh my gosh. So now for our in the know. Um, so Ebony's having really bad allergies. So <laughs> we'll we'll try to edit out her dying, yeah. but if you hear her coughing and stuff, she's like, Man, where we live, it's like yeah, the allergy. The air, the air yeah. Quality is really bad. yeah. Me and spring have just never really gotten along. Yeah. Like I hate to see like the flowers starting to I don't know, and it sounds, I don't want to say I hate it. It's so pretty, right? But from inside, like, my car or my house. Yeah. But to be out with it, with the pollen no, and mean, the bees interacting with the flowers. I think they just cut the grass, so you may, that may impact. I know some people, it, they have allergies to, like, the freshly cut grass. The, the environment. Yeah. The outside just don't mix. You know, yeah. like, you know how you, like, here, I mean, we're on a college campus, right? And you see people laying out on the yeah. kids and stuff. No, never been that. Nope. Man, okay. Yeah, so Ebony, Ebony's a trooper right now. So our first in the know topic. Yeah. It's, it's allergy season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about the U.S. measles because I was reading an article where they were saying that the measles cases have hit the highest mark in 25 years. So in 2019, the cases have climbed to the highest level in a resurgence largely attributed to misinformation that is turning parents against vaccine, especially the now discredited notion that the measles vaccine is linked to autism. Oh, did they discredit it? Uh, I mean, research has shown that there's no yeah. there's no direct correlation. Yeah. There's no cause and effect. No study has shown a cause and effect pattern between vaccination and um, autism. And the only reason why people kind of put it together is because autism can only be diagnosed when... Uh, children start communicating or don't communicate like they should. So when they're three, four, or five, and that's when, you know, people, the children are being vaccinated. And so they're just putting that together without knowing that just because two things happen at the same time doesn't mean that one causes the other. Do you know about, um, like, the rates of autism? I know they've increased, but yeah. people argue that it. It may, it's due to us being able to recognize yeah, it. Like we have the language yeah, and yeah. the schools now play a larger role in being able to recognize autism. And so I worked as a caseworker in one of the, in two, one was mental illness and the other was an intellectual developmental disability. And so it is not like, we don't really consider autism is a spectrum disorder, which means that like, there's no, it's not like chickenpox. It, autism is... A, so there's so many different things. There's uh, so you can and people think it's like low IQ. It's, it has nothing to do with your IQ. It's all it has to do with like social being able to be social or lack of being able to be social. I have a cousin and he has a selective mutism, which means that he uh, won't speak only to certain people. So he's actually spoken to me. He's like in fourth grade now and he's spoken to me twice in his whole life. But he speaks to his sister, his mom, and his dad. It's just, and his teacher. So he only speaks to certain people. So he's on the spectrum. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't diagnosed until he went to school because um, my aunt and uncle weren't educated in what that was. We just thought he was shy. And so, um, you know, some people would assume that, oh, because well, what has he been doing? He's been getting his shots as opposed to, oh, now he's in an environment where people are educated to be able to tell what these things are. Um, so that, I think, also contributes to an increase of autism. Yeah. Um, 
So roughly three quarters of this year's illnesses in the United States have been in New York, mainly in two ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities in Brooklyn and suburban Rockland County. And most of those cases have been in unvaccinated people. So I know the state of New York is trying to pass legislation to make it where you have to pay a fine if you don't vaccinate your children. And that's because of all these cases have been coming from that area. Yeah, because apparently um, what I heard is that there are a lot of people who, for health reasons, can't get certain vaccines. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that makes them, you know, like, exceptionally vulnerable to this. And so if you're choosing yeah. just, I mean, out of fear of autism yeah. to, like, not get your kid vaccinated, you're putting those other kids at risk. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest anger is because, um, you know, this, the measles is really contagious yeah. and can spread through the air when someone coughs or sneezes. So the CDC recommends the vaccine for every American over a year old. So for babies like mine, yeah. he can't get it until he's a year. Like I asked, so like, is there any way to get it sooner? And he can't. So um, for like, I'm so scared, especially like we're going to travel in June and I'm so scared about airports and people just not being there who aren't vaccinated and being sick. And so it's like, you know, I rely on other people being vaccinated so that my baby won't get sick. And it doesn't matter if I try to, you know, keep him indoors. And I know pe I, I don't know them personally, but one family that chooses not to vaccinate, they just say, I won't let other people like touch my baby. They won't kiss them. They have to wash their hands. And it's like, that will only work for so long. Like, eventually, your kid is going to, like, go to college and go and travel. And as a dog. Or like, get right? other people sick. And then get other people sick. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, you know, for most people, measles is not, not life-threatening. You just get, you know, common symptoms are fever, runny nose, cough, and a rash. However, a very small fraction of people can suffer complications like pneumonia and swelling of the brain. And then also measles can cause pregnant women to deliver prematurely. Um, I also found out that I, for the rubella vaccine, um, I, I, it's the same measles, mumps, rubella. But when you're pregnant, they do a full blood like profile where they tell you with, if you have any illnesses, like your blood level, everything. So they can kind of know what medications to give you. And they told me that the um, vaccines wear off. And so my vaccination against this disease was really low, where they said I have to get it again. And I haven't yet, I should. Um, but that was what really concerning to me. when I, And I couldn't get it when I was pregnant. Yeah. And so it like my whole pregnancy, that was scary for me too, to be like, I, even though I've been vaccinated for it, my doctor's telling me it's not, it wouldn't be strong enough to protect me. And so I'm relying on other people to be vaccinated. And so whenever I would see cases of people having measles in our city or just in this country, it's just really scary because there had been a point 25 years ago where no one had the measles anymore. Yeah, and, and it's the, like, yeah. we have been, okay, so this, this, this autism phobia, I, I don't understand where it comes from. Like people have been getting these, not just for the measles, but I mean, for tons of diseases, people have been getting vaccinated for, decades and decades yeah. and so and, and have been fine so why do you suddenly turn up in like 2000 in the 2000s and decide yeah that these two things are connected and i'm gonna put everybody else at risk yeah i know that like there are some so select there are some celebrities who are really like advocates against uh vaccination and like with social media and the internet 
they can just spread false information yeah. really fast. And then a lot of people claim that, you know, if you're vegan, you don't, you know, they choose not to vaccinate because they, like, like for one of them, they, it has something to do with, like, chickens. Yeah. And it, uh, it uses, well, well, because it, no, it uses, like, it's, they, because the, the vaccine is basically, they make, they infect you with it, with a really low a dose so that your body can fight it. And so I think that in one of them, it has something to do with, like, it was, uh, they give you something that was infected in chickens or something. It's something weird like that where it, it doesn't make sense, but it's like, you know, your whole life. I'm sure something in your, like, your car isn't vegan. And it's just frustrating when they're like, I'm not going to put anything vegan. I'm like, I'm sure I can think of things that you put on your body and, like, makeup and whatever that isn't, or hair dye that isn't vegan, but tampons things that you know we condoms things that people use <laughs> that aren't vegan um so yeah i reading this was really frustrating and i wanted to talk about it because it now that it has hit close to home like it, it's so much different to think that uh you know now everything i'm like i even make decisions about if i'm going to like for church i decided not to go to church for easter because i was just scared that there would be kids at the daycare who wouldn't be vaccinated. And I, I just don't trust that. At the gym, there's like three kids. So I feel safer taking him to the gym daycare. Yeah, as opposed to like the church daycare where I could definitely see like some churchy people being like, I don't need to vaccinate yeah, my kids. They, they, they have the ability to use like the religion as a way of Yeah. Now granted, I, you know, I, I've been, I have like some friends that are um, Muslim and I know that there are a lot of vaccines that they don't get. Mm. Because, I mean, so there's, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of vaccines that you can opt out of for religious reasons. Yeah. And so I'm just like, there are, I mean, there are kids that have not been getting these vaccines mm -hmm. for a really long time. Mm -hmm. and, you, and I'm wondering why all of a sudden now, like, these diseases are because, like, something like the measles is becoming more rampant. Yeah. Even though there are other diseases that yeah. folks have been getting vaccinated for for a long time. Well, and I also know that... Is it just because it's so much more contagious? Well, and I also know diseases, like, mutate. So, uh, yeah, so maybe people haven't been vaccinated themselves, and so there's this new strain, this new... Yeah, this new mutation of measles, so we... I know, it's really scary. I mean, I mean, this is scary. So I wanted to bring it up just because it's so frustrating, and you know, there it's, you know, if you don't believe in vaccines, like I just I feel that I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't impact me and my family and not vaccinating your children. If you choose to only stay in your house and to never travel and to never do all this stuff or when you travel, travel in a bubble, travel in a private jet, then go for it. But if you're going to be in public, if you're going to be at schools, if you're going to be at the airport, like that's really selfish. And I think that I am I feel very strongly about making people get vaccines. And I, yes, I go and I see my son cry every time he gets his vaccines, but it's, I think it's like, it does make me sad, but I think about the fact that this is going to, in the long term, like really help him because it was so scary. It's so scary to think that he could die from something that's so preventable yeah. and like people getting comas.
because of and it's like there. I mean, diseases. there are diseases that do not have vaccines or any cures. Yeah, and so it's like you already have a risk of dying of those. So now you're going to put yourself in double jeopardy. Yeah. Like yeah. using the aid that is all, that that's there. Yeah, or and just yeah, it's yeah. To be Especially when there are countries and populations yeah. that would love to have yes. these vaccines that don't have access to them, and you are here choosing not to have them. It just it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so our second shout out. So these stories this week are a little lighter than the stories last week, but our second shout out, I mean, I'm sorry, our second in the no story is about a Houston high school. Oh, does that mean it's recording? Okay. Um, so a Houston high school has implemented a dress code for parents. So James Madison high school sent out a letter to parents stating quote unquote, they cannot enter school grounds while wearing pajamas or revealing clothing. The school is also prohibiting parents from wearing leggings, leggings. sagging pants, low rider shorts, short dresses, and low cut tops. What? Women also can't wear a satin cap, hair curlers, a shower cap, or bonnets on their head. So the guidelines follow reports that a mother was not allowed to enroll her daughter at the school because she showed up wearing a t-shirt dress and a headscarf. And so some parents are arguing that these policies are classist while the school, like targeting low-income people, while the school argues that these policies are made to, quote, prepare our children and let them know daily the appropriate attire they are supposed to wear when entering a building, going somewhere, applying for a job, or visiting someone outside of the home setting. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) for some of these things, I get it. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. So clearly, all of these things are targeting black women, right? Well, sagging pants and men, um, or people of color. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did not see people walk around with bonnets until I moved outside of California. <laughs> like I had never seen that before. I did not know that that was a thing that people did. Um, and I, did, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that I thought it was inappropriate. I was just like, I wonder why. Like what, what the purpose of that is, um, but it's like you know it's kind of like how I think I said last week the world would be so such a, like so much of a better place mm-hmm. if we minded our business. So you might look at this person, whoever is dressed this way, but talk shit about him. Fine, yeah. talk shit about him. Judge him to yourself. But to make rules that specifically target and ostracize like a particular group of people. Yeah. Like that's for the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Or to say, yeah. And then it's like, also, if I'm dropping off my kid in the morning, like maybe I'm dropping them off before I've had a chance to like get dressed. Like I've seen people of all races, you know, run outside in their robe and stuff to take their kid to the, to the bus stop. Like it's not like that's something that's completely unheard of, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, it's like funny, but not because yeah. it's like the implications of it are I fucked mean, the up. The shower cap thing is kind of But wild. it's, it's funny that they are being so specific, and yeah. I would be like, they were definitely thinking of people in mind. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you remember so <laughs> last week she came with shower cap on, so add that to the list. Too. <laughs> Whoa, short dresses though, like, how are you gonna tell people? How- and then leggings, I thought leggings were considered like acceptable attire. I don't know. I, I don't know. There was a trend in like 2010, 2009, 2010. I, I still were leggings. But like leggings became like 
yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was like fashion. No more jeans. Like, yeah, it was fashion. Yeah, so when did that? I don't know. Yeah, so that that happened, and these parents were mad, and yeah, and so maybe I'll I'll keep an eye out and see like if they manage to get something. You know what I think? Okay, so and this could be totally off base, but I'm thinking like specifically about the like short dresses, low cut tops, and like low rider jeans. Does that mean they're low cut, or does that mean they're like blue shirts? Yeah, I think. Well, the low rider, I think also like you know they're too low or like the start of your crack. Okay. So, because I have heard that, you know, the whole free the nipple thing and mm. then breastfeeding in public, mm. there are women who will complain about that because they're like, oh, my husband's here with me, you know, and you got your your breasts out and stuff and he's looking and it's like, okay, first of all, your husband's curvy. That has nothing to do with me. But I feel, I wonder if some of that motivated this. Because this doesn't, this doesn't strike me as something like a, a complaint coming from a man. I feel like mm. these are complaints coming from women. Mm. Um, and whether it is that they just don't want really to see it themselves or they don't want their husbands looking and checking out other women who have like interested stuff. Or either way, it's probably targeted to be like, the boys can't keep their eyes yeah. off of these women. Obviously, not in Houston. <laughs> okay. well, Texas. I mean, <laughs> okay, and so our last in the know. Uh, topic is about McDonald's and um, a petition filed that calls for them to ditch the paper straws. Um, So McDonald's is being called on to stop its rollout of paper straws in the UK and Ireland amid claims that they, quote, dissolve, unquote, in drinks. The fast food giant is switching from plastic to paper, like many other places, um, at their... 1,361 restaurants after customer pressure. So they received pressure from customers Mm. on one side, like environmentalists, right, to like switch over to paper. Um, But there are also a lot of other restaurants and fast food chains that have already done this. Um, Then an online petition calling for a return back to plastic straws has so so far garnered more than 35,000 signatures. Wow. Uh, McDonald's says they are, quote, doing the right thing, unquote while a supplier said customers need to compromise. The restaurant chain supplies 1.8 million straws, 1.8 million straws to its 4 million UK customers each day. That is daily. That's crazy. (laughs) One complaining customer tweeted, seriously, McDonald's UK? I'm all up for saving the turtles, but who passed these straws as suitable for your milkshakes? Fail, uh, falling to bits before we've even seen any dairy. Poor show. I love falling to bits. Others have defended McDonald's decision, saying, be thankful none of those straws will be left to destroy our planet for the next 400-odd years, if our planet actually survives for them. Mm-hmm. I added that part. <laughs> Another petition calling for a ban of plastic straws in cinemas has more than 215,000 signatures since going online last year. And like you know, I, I the, the paper straws annoys me, right? Like it yeah. feels weird and mushy. But I am for using paper straws if that means it's going to save sea, some sea animals, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't really know if we can save our planet at this point, but you know, if it helps, it helps. We can slow so, down the destruction. Yeah. So for somebody to say, 
I'm all for saving the turtles, but I know, it's like, but no, you're not. I, I, I can just after that. I can just imagine their apologies in a fight. Yeah, like, it's I'm like, sorry, but yeah, no, we don't. I mean, are you serious? If the so really, there is a we're weighing drinking from a paper straw and saving sea turtles. Yes, and do you, you think that you're you having the ability to enjoy your milkshake <laughs> through a plastic straw is yeah. more important than an animal's life? Yeah, what this is ridiculous. They like, ha- I yeah. hope that McDonald's like put you know throws hella shade at these people because they, they there's just no compassion there. That's it's it's really ridiculous. There's straws that are like metal yes. that you can so, use. Yes, go yeah. out and invest. That's exactly keep one in your car. Have. That's exactly what I told Maurice. I'm like when so California banned plastic bags. Mm. Um, if you want a bag, you have to pay for it. Um, and so what people did instead is go and buy reusable bags for a dollar, and then they just bring them to they bring it with them to grocery shop. You know, and it's like why not? Yeah, like, force people to get yeah. these straws if they so really want to. Straw, straw, carry it around in your, yeah. your pocket. Yeah, put it in your car. Yeah, no. Like, this is dumb. Yes. The stuff that people get all riled up about. Like, what? No, what? And I, yeah, I, I should have read more about who started this petition because I think that person is. is this yeah, somewhat, probably a teenager. You've got way too much time right Yeah, I'm sure it was a teenager. Yeah, and they're probably super hyped about it too. <laughs> Oh my god, my petition against paper straws is going fine. <laughs> okay, um, so that wraps up our in the no segment, and now we'll move on to our what's being slept on segment. So I strongly suggest that you wake the fuck up. And now for our what's being slept on topic. So around the time where this episode's going to come out, it's going to be Mother's Day. And I was telling Ebony that in Mexico, we have Mexican Mother's Day on May 10th. And then here, Mother's Day is on the 12th. And so we just wanted to talk about, you know, motherhood, our experiences, our positive experiences with our mothers, and then just like our perceptions and fears and excitement about being mothers ourselves, because we both. I'm a mother now and Ebony has expressed interest in it. And I know I do a disclaimer just because you're a woman or a man doesn't mean you want to or need to be a father or a mother to be fulfilled. But this is, you know, everyone's had a mom or a dad. So that's something you can, in a way you can relate to. And then this is just our experiences and our uh, feelings about motherhood, um, particularly because we're women. So we wanted to start off just talking about how the relationship with our own mothers have shaped who we are now in the the stage in life that we're in. For me, so recently, I, you know, I talked about it kind of last week, how I had been filming for something. And the, the thing that I'm filming about is based on just the, the inspiration for that is my mom. So I like basically am talking about how my mom's life and her sacrifice as an immigrant woman um, and as a mother of four, she had four children before she was 25, how that just kind of made me, like whenever I feel that I can't do something, I think about how she did so many things. So, you know, she came here not speaking English, not having family support, not having a lot of knowledge about uh, resources here. Her own mother died when she was three. So she was kind of on her own a lot. 
Yeah, and so she talks about a lot of hardships that she's encountered. You know, she's been divorced. She was separated from us for a couple of months while she came here to the U.S. first, and then we followed, and then having twins. And so she, you know, just like, in, and then she came here, and she had to start over. She had, you know, she cleans houses where she had been a professional in Mexico, so in seeing how she's overcome like embarrassment and shame and sacrifice is really like, it's like kind of a reality check for me. And so, and I know that this is called like the immigrant burden and some people point to how this can be negative, which it definitely can to feel that you like have to pay back your mom for the sacrifice. But I also think that it's a huge part of why I'm uh, so like the work ethic that I have and the ambitions that I have and the drive that I have is very much driven by the fact that I want to show my mom that all the things that she did weren't in vain and just kind of to remind myself that like I come from very strong women. So, you know, I never met my grandma because she died giving birth. Yeah, she died and the baby and her died. So, you know, and my mom telling me about my grandma, it's like that was a very uh, motherhood was so important to her that she died, you know, trying to to do that. And then motherhood's so important to my mom that she tells me all the time that, you know, the sacrifice of her career and all that, like, it was, is really hard. But the most important thing to her was the fact that she, she considers herself to be a good mother. And I think she's been a good mother, too. And so that's something that I draw on now in being a mom myself is that I understand now what she means about motherhood being really important. So I think like that's how she's shaped my relationship with her has shaped who I am is like I'm at a point now where I can see put myself in her shoes as opposed to just seeing her as someone who's telling me what to do as like this person who's just really controlling as this person who just like pointing out all her faults and being like, Oh gosh, I'm like my mom in this way. And I don't like it. I'm also able to say I, all the positive things that I like about myself, I can see from my mom. So I guess I would say um, similarly, I think that a lot of times when folks talk about their mom, they talk about sacrifice. It's mm-hmm. just so- I mean, it's so interesting, right? Because that means that in part, like what motherhood means to us is to sacrifice, to sacrifice yourself for the betterment um, of your kids and to provide better opportunities for them. I think especially for people who have um, mothers who like the working class and things like that. And I would say that I feel pretty similarly. Um, I think that when when it comes to like the resources and everything that my mom made sure that we had access to, to, you know, cause there were a lot of things that um, she didn't know or didn't know how to do because nobody had ever told her. Mm-hmm. And so she always made sure that like, if this is something that you want to do, I'm going to go find somebody that knows how to do it or it can create that um, opportunity for you. And so we, so yeah, so I grew up in Compton, right? But I went to private school for elementary middle school to a, a private school in Compton. And my mom um, did so much research and found that school, and the tuition was sky high. So she worked all the time to like pay our tuition. Um, and so for so while I was younger, it wasn't something that I like understood. You know, it was like I felt very um, I would say that I felt like neglected a lot. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, reflecting back on it and realizing that, you know, she was always gone because she was always at work. And then, you know, everything else that we had or um, asked for or wanted to do and all of that. So I think that in, in that same way, like I, and I told her this, like, as far as school, like I would quit every day, <laughs> you know, I want to be, I want to be just done with it. But I, you know, I think about all that has been, like, I, I don't feel like I'm doing this for me, you know, I feel like I, and I don't have a problem with that. Like I am doing this for my mother, for my father, for my siblings and recognizing like what it means to them to see that like, they invested in me, they had a vision for me, and they wanted me to be like a doctor, a medical doctor. Um, and I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and I actually, like, my entire childhood was spent in, like, math and science camps, in, like, summer camps, and weekend camps, and, like, every Saturday for, like, 10 years, I was in math and science camp. And then I went to college and got some independence, I was like, yeah. No. <laughs> um, but here I am, I will have a PhD, and I will be a doctor. And yeah. Like, you know, I'm kind of sort of doing what y'all want me to do uh, to an extent. So, yeah, and I think, you know, seeing, I think also one of the, kind of coming off the episode about compassion fatigue, I feel like if I had that, my mom probably has that times 10, times mm-hmm. 100, because I, like, there are just some times where I'm like, mom, you do not, like, the, the, the lengths that she will go to to help somebody is just, I mean, even sometimes, even a lot of times, people that do not deserve it. <laughs> like, I'll be like, no, they don't care about you. You don't need to invest in them. But that's yeah. not the way that she is. And I, I admire that. I admire that not to the point where I will be that way. But I think that it is a very, uh, you know, like, it, it's a it's a sign of, like, a very, like, you know, humble and, like, pure spirit. And, like, someone that feels like, that, like, if God has given me the ability to help or be support it to somebody or be a resource that I'm going to do that. I mean, even down to, like, all the stray dogs that she was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one stray dog that actually, was I still living there? I think, yeah, I was still living. I hadn't done the college yet. She somehow rescued this stray dog, her and my sister, and brought him home. And my mom is very, um, like, she's into, like, holistic medicine and stuff. And so she gave this dog herbs for, like, <laughs> literally, in ner- like, he was broken down when she brought him, um, when she brought him home. So much so that my grandma nicknamed him Petey uh, for poor dog. Aww. <laughs> it was, was broken down. And she gave him herbs and he like nursed him back to health and then he left. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah, that that is such a good metaphor of life. Yeah, but he I think that a part of the reason why he left is because one, he was healthy enough to leave, but we also had another dog oh. that like we had had since he was a, like a baby, like a puppy. And that dog used to on the other dog. So mm, I think he, he was, was like, like I, I don't yeah, need this. Like, I'm getting bullied. But you know, so all of that I think is part is a large part of why I feel so passionately about um all the causes that I do. So I I think I've taken where like where my mom is like, you know, she works with individual people and she'll, you know, if you come to her, if you come to her and say my neighbor or some random person I came across has a health concern, she is gonna do stay up all night doing research to try to figure out like ways to help that person and what kind of supplements they can take and all of that stuff um and yeah i think that that is a lot of i think that a lot of that has been instilled and kind of relating to that is like some of the biggest lessons that we've learned from our moms and uh well for me it's just one of the things of spanish the only reason i know spanish is because of my mom 
school did shit for me to learn Spanish. No one else, like my mom was always making sure. I mean, even to this day, I only speak Spanish and she corrects me all the time with my Spanish. But I think that one of the biggest lessons is just, you know, family's very, like family's important. And so she always, you know, shows us that, I mean, I see my family like at least three times, two to three times a week. And every weekend I see my family. And she, it's because my mom has, um, she made sure that my siblings, like we always were together. And I think that one of the reasons why my siblings and I are so close is not only are we close in age, but through like my mom's efforts of making sure that like if, if we were mad at someone and didn't want them to come, she would tell them to come. So like kind of forcing us to be like, no one's getting excluded if you're having fights with someone. And, uh, you know, my sister and I and my brothers, we joke that like my mom never apologizes. She just starts being nice. And so it's just kind of like, you know, we even if you don't apologize, even if you don't get over shit, like you're still going to be around that person. So kind of never letting us fall apart or, or grow apart. And I really value that because that's um, something that my partner and I have talked about how we want our kids to be really close to their siblings because I think the sibling relationship is one of the most important. And that is, I can really point back to my mom making sure that we all were able to see each other, not only as siblings, but as friends. And so that's the biggest lesson for me is like to make sure that family stays together and that, you know, even if we're mad and even if someone does something really shitty, like, yeah, I mean, if someone does something hurtful, we do like call them out on it. And that doesn't mean that you, I'm going to see you next week just because if you stole money from me and, you know, I'm not going to let you keep doing that, but we're not going to fall out just because we have an argument. So I think like that, that's the biggest lesson that I've learned from her that I really want to continue. I would say that, yes, I... So I would say that my mom has taught me a similar thing about family, but I think another lesson that she's taught me is like fighting, like standing for what you believe in, standing firm in what you believe in and fighting for it and not, you know, not being willing to like waver and be pushed around. And I think I do have like a tendency to kind of let that happen, like Mm -hmm. to be kind of passive in, um, in a lot of situations. And so that's something that I'm still working on, even though I know that it's something that I need, like, you know, that she has taught me and that I need to internalize and practice it's um it seems like it's a, I don't know if it's something that maybe comes with age I'm hoping that you know once I have kids and I and I have that in that like protective kind mm-hmm. of um, instinct takes over that I'll you know develop it more or maybe it's just not in me I don't know mm-hmm. because like when it comes to you know when it comes to things that my mom like you know feel like knows for fact or um is is passionate about she does like she's unrelenting it's not like you know, she can be convinced otherwise or won over. And while that can that can come with some like, you know, cons, it has a lot of pros in that it's like, you know, this is what this is who I am, period. Um, this is what I believe, period. And this is what this is what the facts are. And so you can either be with it or not. Um and and I think I on the other hand often, especially if it when it comes to people that I see as like authority figures, I am like very quick to, to be silent or to, mm-hmm. you know, let myself get, like, pushed around and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I would say that those are the two biggest things, like, you know, the importance of family and, like, this is, you know, this is 
that's who you've got. Like these siblings yeah. are who you've got. These are your parents. You take care of them. I I, I don't necessarily feel like she feels that way about even extended family. I'm kind of like, look, like if y'all, if y'all, uh, I'm trying to get terrible. <laughs> like if y'all do something trifling, like I don't feel indebted to you. Like I don't feel like you know I have to keep these people in my life. Like you're my second, third, fourth cousin. Twice, like whatever times removed. But as far as my immediate family, it's like, no, like, yeah, we might fight. Yeah, we might, like, you know, I don't know, like, not want to hang out or see each other. But ultimately, like, you're my sister, you're my brother, period. Um, and then also, like, sticking to sticking to your, to your to your guns and listening to your gut and, yeah, staying in front of what you believe in. Okay. Um, and then what we're looking forward to most and least scary about motherhood. Uh, and so for me, I always was curious about being pregnant. And I know this is like some people hated their pregnancy and some people hated being pregnant, but I loved it. It was, I, well, for this pregnancy, it was super uncomplicated. Yeah. Uh, it always seemed so chill. Yeah, no. I, and it, it, it was just looking back, it's like you're a, you have a kid, but you don't really have a kid yet. So it's the most enjoyable because you have all these things to look forward to, but yet you still, it's still just you and the other person. And, yeah. and so the, it, the pregnancy was just as great as I had expected it to be. The delivery was just as scary. So it's still like right now in thinking about having another kid, I told my partner one of the things that keeps me from, because we want to have kids close enough so that they're not that they're closer in age because my sister and I are a year apart he wants to be closer and he wishes he was closer in age with his siblings and so um even though they're, they're not that far apart um but I told him that I'm just like right now so scared about like so, if labor you were, if you were to have somebody that was you were to have somebody you were to have a second kid that would be your partner he, I would already have to be pregnant, yeah. and I and I told him I didn't want a year That's apart. That's crazy to think about now as an adult. Because yeah, my, my mom. Are a year yeah, apart. and it's so like, are we. Oh, so y'all were like popping off as soon as you. Could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> sister and I are a year and eight days apart. Like our birthdays are a week. Like I'm August twenty eighth. She's August twentieth. So we were like, and you until you're pregnant, you don't realize like, oh my gosh, that is so close. And so now That's it's. Just like being yeah, that's scary. So now that like being pregnant was great and having kids is great, but it's scary to me to think like one is so hard. I can't imagine two or three like being outnumbered. And so, yeah, yeah. And so that scares me now. Like at this point, it's that scary. And then it's scary now to me to like before I was pregnant, I never, I guess like my mom dying was the worst thing that could happen but now it's like your kid dying i can't even think about that like it's so painful to think about like when i was reading about the recall on the the fisher price sleep bed thing where babies were dying and i read about how a baby died like a baby died while the parent was sleeping on the couch next to the baby and the baby was his little like sleep rock whatever and the baby died there and the what parent the like that? the rock and play it's like um it's like a little rocking chair? and we yeah we have one it's not a chair it's like a bed that rocks so the uh, baby can sleep like in electric it. you plug it in and it rocks oh the, like the one that you had yes 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 oh, yes 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 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that connects. Because I had two, one that doesn't connect and one that connects. And so we kept the one that doesn't connect. But uh, apparently babies were, like, rolling over and, like, suffocating. Yeah. And so... Because the babies would move. And they get stuck. Because it's it, it, like, caves in so hard. So they, you know... It, yeah. And just thinking about that and being, like, the more... The longer I... Like, he's four months now. The more I know him the worse it feels, I think it would feel if something happened to him. Because if he's just born, you're like, oh, he, he's my baby. That would, I can't imagine him dying. But now it's like, I know what he likes. Yeah, he's like a person to me. And so now that I have him, I know like the scariest thing would be not to have him anymore. And so, and that's crazy to think because like a year ago, I didn't, didn't know him. And now it's like that's it, now that because losing him becomes the worst thing imaginable. Like worse than I think a divorce, worse than getting fired, worse than not finishing a PhD, and nothing has ever been worse than that. And so, like I think it would, I think like even worse. Than, and my mom has told me this: it isn't like losing your child is worse than like losing a loved one or a parent. And people who have lost their children have said that. And now I'm like, I can, I can see that. Like, yeah, losing a parent would be hard, but you can kind of, you know, losing a child is just like. Yeah, I think you can rationalize losing a parent. Yeah. Like, whereas I think because the child, because you see yourself as someone that's supposed to protect the child. Yeah. Then if something happens to them, it's like, you feel more. Okay. So what am I looking for? Most. Yeah, I think I'm just really excited to see what kind of personality. Yeah, know? yeah. Especially with me and Maurice together, like, yeah. I'm, like I'm just like, if that, if this person, because it's like, what if the person, what if the person, what if the kid comes out with his personality, and then you're talking about being outnumbered, like having two of him. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Or like a cool mix of both would be pretty dope. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think seeing the, the personality and like seeing if, because I think I've heard parents say that their kid reminds them of themselves as a child. Mm. And so I think if I was to get some of that back, I would be kind of irritated. Like, it would be funny, but I would be irritated. Like, oh. So, yeah, and then sometimes when I see those videos online of, like, kids with smart mouths and stuff, yeah, like, ooh, I want one of those kids. Yeah. I mean, because, like, I can tell that the, now as an adult, it's like when your, when your kid says something out of pocket, like, you have to punish them, right, or chastise them. Yeah. Like, no, you can't say that. But then you laugh. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like not I laughing. can't believe they said that. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, and I guess also maybe in a in another way to see like what my kid looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's like if I because like your baby looks just like your partner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but did you like when, when he came out and you saw him? Were you like, oh, look at what you look like? Yeah, I was like. Hmm, wasn't imagining that. <laughs> were you? Oh, were you? Did you have a picture in mind? No, but oh, okay. it, that wasn't what I imagined. I, it's like I didn't know what he would look like, but it just that just didn't occur to me. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I remember the first thing I said was, "Oh, he's white." <laughs> like, but I was I was in a lot of medicine, but still, it's yeah. like, yeah. like you just don't know because it, it, genetics are crazy, and yeah, it could, he could exactly. look like your grandparents. Like, exactly. you just don't know. Yeah, I look a lot like my grandparents, and so it's. Yeah, and so do my siblings. Like, my sister looks just like my mom's mom. And people have been telling, like, since she was born, they'd be like, oh, it looks like your mom's, like, my grandma spit her out. And I'm like, is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, she's six months. And you're, you're 275 years old. Um, 
Okay, anyways, so, oh, what scares me the most. Yeah. So, I'm pretty, like, and when I get, like, overwhelmed, I can be pretty scatterbrained. Yeah. And so, when I hear people be like, oh, shit, I left my kid at home or something, or, like, I walk, you know, like, I, granted, right now, like, I don't really, I don't tend to forget things. Like, I'm not very, I'm not, like, a, like, I'm a person that, you know, doesn't, I don't go on vacation. Oh, shoot, I forgot to bring, like, I don't do that. Um, like, I'm pretty, like, you know, write a list because I know how I am. But I feel like as a mother, I would be so overwhelmed that I would, like, forget something essential. Like, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll be, but then also, I've got a lot of anxiety. So maybe that, like, paranoia will help me to be extra careful. Yeah. But no, like, I remember my cousin. So me and my cousin are really close, right? And she hasn't baby. Well, now she's four, so she's not baby anymore. But when she was a baby... Um, my cousin was telling me about something she did that I thought was, like, gross. Because I'm also really, like, yeah. a germaphobe. And so she, I was like, no, like, you can't let her do that, whatever it was. And she's like, Ebony, you're not going to be able to put hand sanitizer on your baby. And I was like, oh, Yeah, no. No, they like, spit they, on you, they throw up on you, they like, shit on, me, on you. that's fine. Yeah, that's great. On me, that's <laughs> fine. But, I mean, for them, like, to see, to see little kids, like, pick up things and eat it. Yeah. Or like you know, I mean, then they just don't care. Like no, to them, yeah. the floor is no different than a than a, a plate. <laughs> like, yeah, let me pick this gum off. And eat. oh my god, I would. I don't know. And I think also, and I have a lot of fears as far as motherhood. If you can't tell, I think another thing is that like, so I grew up with a little brother, and he's a, a very like stereotypical boy. Like, he was very rough. And my dad, I think because he had had two girls, encouraged it. Like, so, mm. yeah, you want to be a boy? You want to do dangerous stuff? So I remember one day looking out the back. My dad brought my brother this giant trampoline. Um, I don't remember how old he was, maybe twelve or something. And he also was like he also skateboarded. He had his uh, old skateboard that he had taken the wheels off. He put a ladder beside oh the trampoline. God. Yes, a ladder beside the trampoline, and he had his skateboard like without the wheels, and he jumped off the ladder and did like some skateboard trick onto the trampoline. And I was watching this, and, like, I couldn't even say anything because I was so terrified. <laughs> oh, my God. And he breaks his neck. And oh, I- my God. Oh, my gosh. That scares me. So that scares me about boys. Like, I didn't even think of that stuff. Yeah, like, boys are crazy. And, mm. they, and then the dads mm. get a kick out of it. So it's yeah. hard to be. Because, like, even when my brother started playing football, like, my mom could, could barely go to his games, like the tackle ones, because he'd be getting hit. And, like, you know, he – I mean, luckily, he was, um, he preferred baseball, so when he started playing football, the first time he got a concussion, he was like, oh, I'm done. But, that's not the case for a lot of boys. A lot of yeah. people are like, yeah, bring on the paint. Uh, yeah, and I also, he, every one time I, uh, one Christmas, I, I had just started college, and I wanted a longboard. So many people skateboarded back mm. and forth from the dorms to, like, class and stuff. And I was like, yeah, so I asked my dad for a longboard for Christmas, and my brother was outside teaching me on Christmas Day. How to ride it, and he fell and broke his finger. And so we had to take him to the emergency room on Christmas Day, and I was like, "You can keep the longboard. I'm done." You know, that's what daughters do. Boys, they're like, "Oh yeah, I broke my finger. Put a cast on it, and let's keep it going." Yeah. Um, and then the last question we wanted to talk about, or I wanted to just to bring up for fun, is uh, so what some what are some lessons that we learned from celebrity mothers? And what I've learned is that people are judgmental. Like, no matter, like, just don't tell people. 
just don't tell people. Don't show people pictures of your kids that I think I just saw recently like Pink was on Ellen and she was saying how she had a picture where her, her little boy was naked, which I, I get because if you don't see them sexualized in that way. Like I changed my sons and I don't sexualize him. Um, and he, she said a lot of people gave her comments about how inappropriate it was. And that was she naked? He was just naked. She posted a picture of her family and her little boy was like naked in the picture. Uh, and people were like, this is really inappropriate. Like, and you, you know, child services should be called. And she said that she cried and she's never going to show people her pictures of her family ever again. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, I mean, you just, I, 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 I just, you just can't trust. I, I just, from that and from people like, you know, even Cardi B, people telling her about whenever she talks about motherhood and people being like, really, in Gabrielle Union, people being like, oh, you fed your kid too early, solids too early. They should be at six months and you shouldn't be feeding her that. You shouldn't be holding her or Chris, Chrissy Teigen being like, you shouldn't hold your baby that way. And it's just like, I'm just not going to share with people yeah. like some things that I do about motherhood because people are judgmental as fuck. So I think like that's been the biggest lesson I've learned from celebrity mothers is one, like don't care what people think, but be aware that everyone has an opinion about how to raise your child. And it's usually not like a supportive one. Yeah. And I mean, also like people mother in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And like, there, I don't think that there's a, even though in the United States um, we have this idea that there is a one size fits all, like you know, fit, like way of mothering, and that's just not the case. And so I feel like also, you know, it's that no one is, no one is, no one can avoid like mothering. I think normalizes you, even if you're a celebrity. Like ultimately, you're a mother. Yeah. You go through the same contractions, the same pain, have the same, you got the same badass kid. Like it, you know, it's like it's everybody is the same. Yeah. And I think that that's where it kind of, you see it disappears with motherhood. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I mean, I feel bad for a lot of those celebrities a lot of the time because people pass a lot of judgment on them that they would not on, yeah. you know, themselves or like yes. just their friend. And, you yeah. know, it's like, you wouldn't say do, that to their people face. do some out of pocket stuff with their kids sometimes. Like, I see people, I mean, the whole like, well, I don't want to say this is out of pocket. This is like an old kind of tradition thing. But putting alcohol in your kids' gums and stuff. Oh, like yeah. Cheating, people are so it's like, that. Yeah, it's like people do that. And yet, if a celebrity did it, like if somebody saw, well, maybe not Beyonce. If Beyonce did it, everybody would be putting alcohol on their baby's gums. But you know, like certain celebrities, like Cardi B did it. Oh, all oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As if your grandmother didn't put alcohol in your gums. Yeah. Like to, keep, to, to help give their kids some relief. Like there are just certain things that are, oh my God. We, people look for, with social media, people look for so many ways to yeah. express their opinion when it isn't me. Yeah, and that's, I think, the thing that'll be different for us as mothers than yeah. our parents and our grandparents. Mm -hmm. Like, now Social we have, media. yeah, we have so many more. We have strangers judging us in a way yeah. that... Uh, Not like I won't ever post them. I mean, but then also you were telling me that you had got that initially. And yeah, and now I post. Like, oh my God, he's so Yeah. Cute. Well, show. and it's because I don't, my, not all my friends are in Houston. Yeah, that's so true. So that's yeah, one I, way I'm, they can. I mean, and also I'm a regular person, so <laughs> Yeah, I have like 10 They followers. might say something behind my back. Like, oh, of course they will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay, so I hope that y'all enjoyed. This was kind of a short episode, short and sweet, and we talked about some pretty lighthearted things. So I hope that that is a good, we yeah. hope that that's a good balance 
um, with the episode that we've had over the last two weeks. Um, yeah. 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 So that wraps up our episode 13. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. If you have any questions, feedback, please uh, email us at woke.ishpodcast at gmail.com. Also follow us at Wokeish Podcast. Like we said, we're going to take a little hiatus, but we'll still be active on our Instagram. But this gives you an opportunity to catch up on our season one episodes, as well as the first couple, the first 11 season two episodes. So thanks so much. And until next time. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I mean, I feel bad for a lot of those celebrities a lot of the time because people pass a lot of judgment on them that they would not on, yeah. you know, themselves or like yes. just their friend. And, you yeah. know, it's like, you wouldn't say do, that to their people face. do some out of pocket stuff with their kids. Sometimes. Like I see people, I mean the whole, like, well, I don't want to say this is out of pocket. This is like an old kind of tradition thing. But putting alcohol in your kids' gums and stuff. Oh, yeah. Cheating, people are so it's like, Yeah, it's like people do that. And yet, if a celebrity did it, like if somebody saw, well, maybe not Beyonce. If Beyonce did it, everybody would be putting alcohol on their baby's gums. But you know, like certain celebrities, like if Cardi B did it. Oh, all oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As if your grandmother didn't put alcohol in your gums. Yeah. Like to, keep, to, to help give their kids some relief. Like there are just certain things that are, oh my God. We, people look for, with social media, people look for so many ways to yeah. express their opinion when it isn't needed. Yeah, and that's the, I think the thing that'll be different for us as mothers than yeah. our parents and our grandparents is like, now so we have media. yeah, we have so many more. We have strangers judging us in a way yeah. that uh, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm looking at them. Not like I won't ever post them. I mean, but then also you were telling me that you had got that initially. And yeah, and now I post. Like, oh my god, he's so Yeah, well, so- and it's because I don't, my, not all my friends are in Houston. Yeah, that's so true. that's yeah, one I, way yeah, they can see. Probably would do that. I just, I mean, I, and also I'm a regular person, so. <laughs> yeah, I have like ten. Followers. They might say something behind my back, like. Oh, of yeah, course they will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay, so I hope that y'all enjoyed. This was kind of a short episode, short and sweet, um, and we talked about some pretty lighthearted things. So I hope that that is a good. We yeah. Hope that that's a good balance um, with the episode that we've had over the last two weeks. Um, yeah. 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 So that wraps up our episode 13. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. If you have any questions, feedback, please uh, email us at woke.ishpodcast at gmail.com. Also follow us at wokeishpodcast. Like we said, we're going to take a little hiatus, but we'll still be active on our Instagram. But this gives you an opportunity to catch up on our season one episodes, as well as the first couple, the first 11 season two episodes. So thanks so much. And until next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Tell a friend.